Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Summer Sundays are meant for freshly cut grass, ballpark dogs, and the best baseball talk you can find. So kick back with your bacon and eggs and pour yourself a mimosa while Phillies announcer Greg Murphy and Green Legion Radio's Chris Sack break down your fighting fills and take you around the league right now on Baseball Brunch. Play ball! Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen Club, powered by Green Legion Radio and 102.5 Fox Sports, a gambler in Philadelphia, WDASAM around the rest of the Delaware Valley. Or just simply download that iHeartRadio app and you can listen to us crystal clear anywhere worldwide. We are broadcasting live from Jackson's Lodo in Denver, Colorado, in the shadows of course field and uh, i'll tell you what this is a true honor what a great time we've had here this weekend my wife and i have come out here to visit the phillies are now riding hot on a five-game win streak i'm chris sack of green legion radio sitting alongside my co-host my co-pilot and the man that everybody wants to see and everyone wants to be around greg murphy murph what's going on buddy how are you good to have you out here uh, enjoying some uh, winning baseball for the phils it's been uh, it's been good to see you know it's been more than a decade since they've had a, uh, a winning series out here in Colorado. They've gotten one so far. We're going to go for the sweep today. We'll see what happens. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, for sure. And uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to having a great show here today. We're uh, Like I said, we have some technical issues, but we're going to get through it for sure. But our first segment is brought to you by our good friends at State Farm. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm Home and Auto Insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm agent David Russo is ready to help you combine home and auto in South Jersey and Pennsylvania. Call Dave today at 856-740-5012. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Again, that phone number is 856-740-5012. Average annual per household savings are based on the 2019 national survey by State Farm of new policyholders who reported savings by switching to State Farm. Individual premiums will vary by customer applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. You know, Murph, uh, speaking to Dave from State Farm, yeah. I don't think he wants Craig Kimball to be released anymore. What do you think on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, perhaps. I, I don't know. You know, we're going to talk about uh, this bullpen, I, I hope, at some point because they have been really good. But uh, when you think about uh, what Craig Kimball's been able to do now that Alvarado has gone down, uh, it's it's been fun to watch. And we're going to see a little history in the next week or so, I would think, as he's going to get to that uh, 400 save mark, which is kind of cool. Uh, he'll do that in Philly's uniform. So, yeah, you know, um, scary moment yesterday in, in yesterday's game. With yeah, the ninth inning. Yeah. yeah. Like, perhaps he was... Uh, injured at one point but what was happening was couldn't catch his breath and i can relate to that because uh he uh this thin mountain air out here is it could be a challenge and he said he just couldn't catch his breath for a moment so um but all in all it was good to see and uh yeah i mean this team's rolling right now it's been fun to watch Yes, it has. Let's continue on here. All right, let's get out of the box because we're not going to do a ticket giveaway today. After a six-game losing streak, the Phillies have won five in a row to make themselves a game over 500 or in second place in National League East. 
And you know, because the Braves have uh, fallen by the wayside here a little bit, along with the Marlins, uh, you know, and then the Mets are being the Mets, of course. And then the Nationals had that train wreck of a disaster yesterday with the rain delay um, down there in Washington. Um, but let's start off with some of the injury report. You've already alluded to it with Jose Alvarado. Um, so I'm looking at it from that context. Jose Alvarado was placed in the 15-day IL the other day. Uh, what are we looking at as far as when we can expect him to come back? Yeah, you, you know, I think they're going to be pretty careful with him. He um, He's such a big part of this team, and they need him down the stretch. The good news was that it was just inflammation in an elbow. There was no structural damage. They you know, went in and, and took a look uh, with some imaging and did not see any kind of damage. So that, that was great news. But, uh, but in terms of... Um, just the inflammation. They're going to try and get that out of there, rest them for a little bit. I don't think we're going to see Jose Alvarado for a couple of weeks because, uh, like I said, they're not going to take any chances with him. Um, he's way too important of a piece uh, down the stretch. So, But the beauty of it is they've got guys that have stepped up since that uh, since the time he has gone down, and, and that's what they're going to need to do. Um, and, and, you know, the next man up mentality until they can get Alvy back. All right, so speaking of that, continuing on here with the injury report, uh, J.T. Lamuto left Friday night's game. Uh, we already have the, the lineup for today, so it looks like we, we are getting him back. Uh, I know you spoke with J.T. yesterday. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got out of him and uh, what we can expect moving forward. Hopefully this isn't a nagging injury for him. Yeah, I, I think that's the key. I mean, JT Realmuto, he might be the toughest guy in Major League Baseball, right? I mean, here's a guy, when I, when I initially saw him slide into that bag, and he immediately jumped up, and you could tell he was hurting. That, that pinky finger was a little crooked. Um, it had slid under the bag, and um, I, I thought that was not good news. You know, he stayed in the game for a little bit, but then came out because it was really bothering him. So, yeah, saw him yesterday, got a chance uh, to briefly talk to him. I said to him, you know, how's that finger feeling? He said, it's sore. You know, it's, um, it's just, you know, inf- it, the inflammation was there. It was sore. I really did not think we were going to see JT Real Muto today, but the lineup comes out about, uh, about about 45 minutes ago, and there he is. And um, he's just he's remarkable. Uh, the way these guys uh, can push through the pain and get back out there. Um, you know, he's been swinging a hot bat. He wants to be out there, and uh, we're going to see him again. So that's certainly good to see um, because JT Real Muto, obviously a huge part of what the Phillies are trying to do. Absolutely is. And just real quick, uh, Murph, because we're going to take a quick break as we try and get some of these technical issues done as we're sharing a mic here. Uh, Andrew Painter, you saw him the other day down at Citizen Bank Park. Uh, what's the update on his status right now uh, You know, as far as when we can expect him back? Because uh, you know, right now, Bailey Falter seems to be the guy in the rotation that's uh, running in some tough luck uh, with Ranger Suarez returning. Uh, so it would be nice to get him into the rotation at some point this summer. Uh, did, were you able to talk to him? Do you have any new, uh, new news that uh, that came out about Andrew Painter's situation. Well, uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't actually talk to him the other day when I saw him. Um, but he was there basically so that the training staff uh, and the Phillies coaches could get eyes on him. Uh, they wanted to to see how he had progressed. He's out throwing now to about 120 feet. They thought perhaps this week coming up uh, he would be able to start to pitch on flat ground. You know, he hasn't gotten up on a mound yet. He's still a, a little ways away. The good news is that uh, the pain has subsided in in his, uh, you know, forearm and in his elbow. So that's not an issue. Now it's a matter of trying to get him back to pitching. He's almost restarting spring training at this point. So again, he's a ways away from being back in this rotation. That said, 
they do expect that at some point this season he's going to pitch for the Phillies. So if I had to bet, I mean, we're talking probably after the All-Star break, they'll start to ramp him up uh, over the course of uh, the month of June try to get him going, and then maybe maybe he joins the team in July uh, for that final stretch. And and at the end of the day, probably not the worst thing in the world because, you know, here's a guy that they were going to have to limit in terms of innings anyway. Well, now this kind of did that for them. So and, and you said, you know, some tough luck for Bailey Falter, uh, and I agree with that. Early on, I thought he pitched much better than his record indicated. His last couple starts, he's been a little shaky, um, but... They're giving him a little extra rest. They're going to use an opener on Monday, and then he's going to come in and uh, pitch in that game as well in San Francisco. So we will see if the if the extra rest uh, gives him a tick up in velocity because uh, it, it's important for Bailey to be throwing hard because if not, he's going to get hit around, especially when he's up in the zone. So I think we've seen that over the last couple of starts for him. But uh, they need Bailey Falter to be better. And um, so they think this little plan, this little uh, uh, rest period for him is going to help him out. Sounds great. We're going to take an early break here in the show. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Bryce Harper. Is he human? The starting rotation really getting himself together um, over the course of the last week. And we're going to do some ballpark talk as Merce been to every single one. And I'm working my way up the chain right here on 102.5 Fox Sports. Again, which is Bud Light Baseball Brunch. We'll be right back after this. Spreads, totals, and all the prop bets in between. It's the Gambler. All right, welcome back. 102.5 Fox Sports, the Gambler, Philadelphia, and today doing a remote in Denver, Colorado at Jackson's Lodo. Great spot in the shadow of Coors Field in Denver. It's awesome. It's a great spot. You guys got to come out here. For sure, the staff, make sure you tip all the waiters, bartenders, waiters, get them all taken care of. But back in Philadelphia, don't hang out alone in the man cave for baseball this season. Try hanging out at Cheerleaders with Sexy Entertainers, $4 domestic drafts, uh, Jameson specials, and awesome game day experiences all season long. That's right. Stop in before, during, or after the game, not only to see your favorite entertainers, but also your chance to have the best game day experience. Cheerleaders is open daily from noon until 2 a.m., all right, we were just talking about the injury report, but, man, yeah. let's talk about somebody that was injured but is now red hot. I mean, this guy, right. since he's come off the injured list, I mean, can we even say that this guy is human anymore? He's bionicle. Uh, Bryce Harper, if you look at the run sheet here, Murph, I typed it up yesterday morning. He did it again last night. Not yep. only did he do it on Wednesday, he did it again on Friday. He did it again last night. It's truly special watching this guy play in a Phillies uniform, and I said this the other day to a couple of my buddies, he's slowly reaching Chase Utley territory in a Phillies uniform as far as special and being beloved because this guy does it all. Yeah, I don't know if slowly is, is accurate. I mean, he's doing it pretty quickly <laughs> if you stop to think about it. What he's been able to do just coming back from this injury has been absolutely remarkable. I mean, I've talked to some some longtime baseball folks, including Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold and 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 others that uh, are in and around the organization and and from other organizations, and it simply is it's a head scratcher how a person like Bryce Harper can a heal so quickly, come back from a major injury in terms of Tommy John, and come back and not only get back and get back out on the field, but to produce at a level like he does it's it's really 
quite remarkable. And I don't know if there's words to describe it. You know, I, I had asked Dave Dombrowski if he thought the way that the Phillies got Bryce Harper ready was going to become a trend. You know, are other teams going to do this with guys instead of sending them down to the minor league for some rehab starts? Are they going to just, you know, kind of bring pitchers up and allow them to, to get ready that way? And Dave said, you know, I don't think so because there's nobody quite like Bryce Harper when it comes to that. And uh, he's right. You know, and 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 Bryce said the other night when he uh, he hit the double off the wall in Game One here in Colorado that uh, those those are the moments that he lives for. That's why he plays the game. He wants to be in those situations, and um, you know he's found himself in those situations over the last couple of days, and he has not disappointed. No, and, and absolutely not. And that's why he gets paid the money that he yeah, gets paid yeah, yeah. to do the special that's things true. that he does. Uh, this is courtesy of Jason Stark. Uh, formerly of ESPN, now with The Athletic. All right, Bryce Harper's first game back, 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Since then, he's gone to the plate 37 times. He's reached base 18 times. He's hitting 406. Is that good? I, I mean, like, I think that's truly special. I mean, the last one yeah. that ever came close to doing it. Where's Luis Arise, uh where, Where's his batting average at? Is this over 400? I, so, yeah. I mean, but the last guy that legitimately came close to doing that was Tony Gwynn. And it's not like, you know... Bryce has taken anything off of his swing. He swings violently every single time he's at the plate, like he's chopping down a tree. Uh, what I, I have, I'm running out of words. I know we do a talk show and we talk about him every single week, but uh, it's it's truly insane what this man does, especially doing it after having Tommy John surgery. What a little over five months ago. Yeah, and and, and the cool thing is, you know, on a daily basis, being here with the team and, and watching uh, before the game, you know, it's like. He's also getting kind of, I don't want to say he's getting close to getting back out on the field because it's still going to be a little bit uh, of time, but he is going to, uh, you know, he's throwing right now. He's throwing from upwards of 90 feet. Uh, he looks like he's pain-free in that regard, too. So, you know, it won't be probably too, too long before we see him get out there on the field at, at some level. So, again, it, the the recovery has been remarkable. It's been historic, quite frankly, fastest ever, and uh, he just continues to wow. So I'm glad he's in a Phillies uniform. That's for sure. Absolutely. I we, Murph, we have a guest on the show right now that has a question for us. This is Justin with Fort, from Fort Collins, Colorado. Right. Justin, please go ahead and uh, issue the question for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, this question is for you, Chris. Uh, I have a Phillies question. Uh, my question is, why are you still a Flyers fan? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of saw that that was kind of coming. Uh, you know, Quimby texted me and said that you have a guest that has a question. You know, this this is strictly a baseball show, Justin. Uh, we're we're trying to not uh, talk about the Flyers right now. But uh, if you if you well, want if, if you want honesty, why am I still a Flyers fan? Just because just because you have rough times as a sports fan, you still stay loyal through thick and thin. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, the Phillies over the la course of the last decade uh, didn't make the playoffs up until That's last right. year. You know what the payoff was? The payoff was Bedlam at the bank and getting back to the World Series and having a shot to win one. Um, you know, the Sixers tanked for four seasons. Uh, when the Eagles are in down times, do people stop going to games, Quimby, uh, or going on trips with you for the Green Legion? No. Uh, you still want people to be involved and be invested, and that's what I am with, with my well top three said. teams. Well said. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks hey, a lot, Justin. And, and, and Keith Jones and uh, Danny Briere now uh, in the fall. I'll tell you what. I, you know, I, I obviously am invested in, in completely into the Phillies organization at this point, so I don't have a whole lot of time to, to spend watching the Sixers and the Flyers, or at least not as much as I used to. But 
that said, you know, I know have known Keith Jones for years and years. I covered Danny Breer when he was a flyer, and uh, I, I, I'm pretty excited about those two guys coming in and uh, offering their expertise. I think, I think that's a uh, uh, an interesting hire, and I, I expect they're going to do good things. And uh, hopefully, it doesn't take too too long to get the Flyers back to where they need to be. Being that we just, uh, you know, over the last couple minutes here, we become Bud Light hockey brunch. Yeah, that's right. Um, just real quick. I know Torts kind of went off on it the other day. What's your thought about them going back to the well and keeping a couple flyers in, in tow instead of going outside the organization that everybody wants every single time? Hey, I think if you hire the right people, it doesn't matter what their background Correct. is. Look, by all accounts, I mean, Keith Jones is a, a terrific hockey mind, right? And uh, I, I don't know Danny as well, um, but uh, I would believe, you know, e- equally that he's uh, that he's. Uh, tied into today's NHL. He understands what it takes to win. He understands what kind of players you need to win out there on the ice. So it doesn't matter to me that uh, that they're ex-Flyers. I mean, in fact, I, I like it, the fact that they're ex-Flyers. They care. They have to do the job. Yes. Ultimately, they have to do the job. But it's a bonus, if you ask me, that they played in, in the Flyers uniform. So, look, it, you know, it, there's a lot of work to be done for the Flyers. But... Uh, but I think I think they've got two guys to your point that uh, are going to dive in, you know, feet first and give everything they've got to get the Flyers back to where they want to be. Quimby just got what he wanted. He got hockey talk. He got Flyers talk and Bud Light baseball right. brunch, and that's Murph what we do. That's what I expect Murph them to do. It all. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it all. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we pay him the big bucks. All right, so let's go from one outfielder, one right fielder, to another. Uh, Nick Castellanos, is he making a case for a gold glove this season? Uh, phenomenal out in right field this year. Uh, I think a lot of it is sparked from his defensive play towards the end of last season yeah. into the postseason. Um, the play against the Blue Jays, back up against the wall, and the snow cone grad that he had out in right field and in course field. I was a little worried about the Phillies' defense this week, um, especially because, like, you know, normally, you know, with Bryce being back, he's taking over the DH roles. In that case, Topper would have been able to put a more athletic guy in the corner outfields but in place of Schwarber or Cassianos. Uh, but, man, holding his own out there in right field this year, I don't know where he's at still. At the beginning of the year, he was leading the league in outfield assists. Uh, just just an incredible job by him this season so far, defensively on right field as well as at the plate. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I sat down with Nick Cassianos yesterday on the uh, pregame show and had a really – uh, what I thought was an interesting conversation. You know, Nick is a very um, thoughtful guy. He's a very cerebral guy when it comes to, to the game of baseball. And when when you're able to get him one-on-one and talk to him about the game, it's really interesting to hear his, uh, his thoughts about not only his teammates and the way the team is playing, but about his own play. And, and I asked him... You know, I, I talked to Paco Figueroa, the Phillies outfield coach, the day before, and I and I said, you have to be really impressed with the way Nick Castellanos has just uh, improved, it seems like, on a weekly basis from the beginning of, of last season to where he is right now out there in right field. And, and Paco said, look, it does. It, it, he puts so much work into the craft. And so yesterday when I spoke to Nick, I asked him about that. He said, look. He said, if there's one thing I know, he said, when I got to the big leagues, he said, my bat was so far ahead of my glove. He said, so there was always a spot for me. Like, I was always going to be in the lineup because I could hit. But he said, I want to be great. And he said, if, and to be great, you have to be great at everything. And he said, so I, he said, there are no shortcuts. I, he said, I put the work in. He said, I now feel comfortable out in right field. He said, you know, I was in the infield for a while, then in the outfield. And, and he said, it takes a little bit of time. But he said, now... 
I go out there to right field every every day. I know where I'm going to be. I know the work I need to put in on a daily basis. And he said, yeah, I'm excited with the improvements that he's seen in himself. Um, you know, he takes a lot of pride in being a complete ball player. He doesn't want to just be a great bat. He wants to be a great bat and a great glove, and, and he's certainly working on it. You know what I noticed uh, during the course of this week um, with this five-game winning streak is like the, the stark difference, and you've talked about this the last couple weeks, like what wins you games and how, how we get back on the right track and the winning level, and I believe you talked about this on last week's show. It was going to start with the starting pitching, and boy has it ever. I mean, Taiwan Walker, uh, great start last Sunday. Man, e- economical with his pitch count on Friday evening. I don't know if you've noticed this. I mean, like you guys are around the team, uh, but what I picked up by sending uh, great seats, by the way, and we're going to talk a little bit about Coors Field coming up, but uh, three rows behind the Phillies dugout on Friday night, that was an experience in and of itself. Sure. Uh, but Taiwan Walker was exclusively pitching from the stretch. He was not going out of the windup at all on Friday night. I didn't know if you guys had picked up on that, if maybe this was something that they did. I, I didn't pick up on it last Sunday. Uh, I just didn't know if this was maybe something that Taiwan Walker is going to be doing moving forward instead of working out of his normal windup. But this is also something maybe you can you can grab on the flight when you're when you're talking to yeah. the players uh, to San Francisco, and we can use it on next week's show. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to ask Taiwan about that. I wonder if it has anything to do um, with the, the comfort level of the pitch timer. Taiwan's a, a quick uh, worker to begin with he always has been even before the pitch time timer came into play um but uh, you know i think what has made him so effective over the last two starts is that uh he's just pounding the zone you know he's not trying to be too cute he's he's using his stuff uh he's using his cutter very effectively a lot more than we've seen over the last uh over the last well his previous starts before the last two and um and and he's throwing strikes, and and if he's able to do that and get a little late movement on that with the cutter, uh, keep keep the ball off the barrels, he's going to have success. We've seen that from Taiwan Walker over the last couple of years before he became a Philadelphia Philly. You know when he's good, that's what he's doing. He's, his tempo is good. He's getting the ball. He's throwing it. He's getting the ball. He's throwing it, and uh, he's using that late movement to to keep batters you know a little off balance and. I'll tell you what, you know, are we going to see this every time that Taiwan Walker steps on the mound? Probably not. But if he can do that more often than not, that's a pretty good acquisition right there. You're talking about a number four starter that uh, that can be pretty dominant at times. So um, it's been great to see. I, I actually asked Nick about Taiwan yesterday. He said, you know, playing behind a guy like Taiwan Walker when, when he's pitching the way he did, he said it's, you know, it's so much fun because the tempo is just, it's just bang. Bang, bang! You know, you don't have to wait for anything. He's ready to go at all times. So, um, yeah, he did. He did a really nice job. It's been two starts in a row where he's been really good after being not so good, and um, they need him to keep it up because that's, it does. It all starts with the starting pitching, and if the Phillies get good starting pitching, we know this bullpen can lock it down late in games. So, if you can get the starter into the sixth, seventh inning good things are going to happen. Not only do we have Justin from Fort Collins coming over and asking a question on air, we have someone on the line that's joining us now. Quimby from Northern Liberties is on, oh the, is on the call. Quimby, uh, what's right. your question? Are, are we talking more baseball or are we going back to hockey? Well, we've, we've got three things uh, to discuss. First of all, when you come back, we're going to have a cord redundancy meeting, so you don't have to worry about this ever again. Uh, Plenty of cords in the bag. Two. Next time one of my family members comes up and asks you a stupid question about the Flyers, just put your tail between. Talking about baseball. 
And what's three? Quinn? Yeah, what's three? <laughs> the next time you put me on hold for four minutes, I'm going to forget to write your check. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. I, I, I'm not looking at my phone consistently throughout the show, and I, I look down and Slash had texted me. So, it, actually, no, it, it wasn't that long. It took two minutes until we got you on the air. waiting for five minutes and 21 seconds. I was embracing for the hey, show you to know? be stopped to a grinding <laughs> halt. That's why. <laughs> Always good go to hear Phil. from you, Quimby. Always good to hear from me. Yeah, go yeah, Phil. Go Phil. Let's yeah. get the brims out today, for sure. All right, so yeah, yeah. let's get back. Let's see you, Quinn. Thanks, buddy. All right, so let's get back on track here. So um, let's go back to talking a little bit about more of the starting pitching here. Uh, Aaron Nola has continued to be consistent. Uh, he had a little blip in the radar. Uh, you know, One time, I think, over his last four or five starts, Zach Wheeler was Zach Wheeler the other day. And thank God he was Zach Wheeler because Kevin Gosman was just going tick for tack, yeah. uh, you know, back and forth between the two of them, just electric stuff, uh, you know, and then we had to walk off in the 10th inning. But it was nice to see Zach Wheeler finally get through the threshold of going into the sixth or going, you know, like pitching through the sixth. He got through seven innings. It's great to see. Uh, finally, I, I don't know if it's maybe just because of the way that they pitched in spring training um, and the Phillies were trying to protect them a little bit, uh, but now they feel like they're, they're, they're kind of hitting their stride a little bit right now uh, between Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and we got Ranger Suarez back last night. Yeah, Four innings. Uh, good to see him back, and we're starting to get things together in that starting rotation. Yeah, you know, the game of baseball, like all sports, I guess, is it's so much of it is about the health of your players, and and, uh, you know, there was a little concern maybe that the velocity was down for Aaron or velocity was down for Zach. And, and you know, you start to question what's happening there. Of course, they didn't have Ranger uh, for, until last night to get him back in the starting rotation. But as things start to uh, fall into place and guys uh, appear to be healthy, are playing healthy, you know, this is a pretty good starting rotation. You know, we thought it was going to be a strength of this team, and uh, and and it will be going forward. It will be uh, if as long as these guys stay healthy, which uh, knock on wood, you hope they do. So I, I'm excited to see uh, Aaron today coming off the heels of what we saw from Ranger. I mean, Ranger wasn't great yesterday, but it was his first start of the year. You got to keep that in mind, and uh, you got to believe that we're going to see the Ranger Suarez that we saw at the end of last season. After a couple of starts, you know, he's still getting acclimated uh, to big league hitters again. But it shouldn't take him too, too long to, to be ready to go and, 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 you know, be that guy that, that most of us think he will be going forward in this season. So, And then, like I said, I'm so excited to watch. Well, I'm always excited to watch Aaron pitch, to be quite honest, because I, I really enjoy watching Aaron Nola. And I think he started to figure some things out. I think he was a little uncomfortable um, with the, the tempo, the pitch timer, uh, early in the season. But I think he's pretty much got that figured out at this point. So it'll be fun to watch him against this uh, against this lineup today. Hopefully we get through the weather, too. I mean, you know, there's rain that kind of is expected this afternoon. Uh, but it's not supposed to get heavier until later on tonight. So let, yeah. let, let's hope we Hey, I know for you, trying to get to San Francisco, you know, maybe we can get a five-inning official game in here. I mean, just... Well, you know, as long as they don't... <laughs> Make us wait like they did in D.C. yesterday. My <laughs> what lord! A train wreck. Four hour rain delay. What a train wreck. Apparently, it didn't rain for two of those hours. How can you suspend a game that's in the first inning? They're not very good at that <laughs> down there in D.C. They've had their fair share of, of issues. The the Mets broadcasters uh, across the board, both uh, 
uh, Gary Cohen on TV and and, and Keith and, and Ron Darling and then uh, Pat McCarthy. Uh, with Pat, well, I, I don't know that Pat was there yesterday, but but Howie uh, Howie Rose uh, on the radio, they were furious. That's all on Twitter. Yeah. Howie Rose on Twitter. And, yeah, and I ripping. get it. I mean, you know, at some point, common sense needs to take over, and it's like, what are we doing here? It's the Nationals, and it's DC, and uh, Quimby's probably still listening, and he probably knows that. Uh, you know, he probably has his. Your thoughts and opinions of the Nationals organization over here. We'll save that for another show because we'll need a full 60 for that. Uh, today's game marks the quarter pole of the season. Yeah. Game number 40 today. Uh, what have you learned about this team so far this season in the early going? Yeah, you know, obviously they got off to a slow start. Not the start that they wanted to uh, to get out to. But, but I think what you learned was that um, – there's no panic in this team. They understand that this team is built for 162, and they firmly believe that at the end of 162, they will be right there in the postseason mix. And really, that's all they're working towards is to get into the postseason and uh, and you know go further than they did a year ago, which is going to be a difficult task. Redemption, obviously. yeah. But they'd like to to like to win those final two games and 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 bring home a World Series. I, I think we, we've learned that this this lineup is as good as any in baseball. I mean, think about it. Trey Turner, who is going to be just fine, is not playing at the level that we expected Trey Turner to play to play at yet. Uh, and this lineup continues just to score runs up and down. You know, guys stepping up, the, the back end, the, the daycare, the young guys that, uh, you know, Bryson Stott started off hot. He cooled a little bit. Uh, Brandon Marsh uh, has been up and down. But, but there's so many guys in this lineup that you only need – two or three guys at a particular time to be hot and they've started to to kind of realize that and i think we, we started to see that over the last couple of weeks and that's why they played so much better baseball um in the last part of april and the early part of may so um you know it's if they get good pitching if they get good starting pitching they're going to score runs the bullpen's been pretty good so um it's, we got a long way to go as you said just a quarter of the way through the season but i this team is is built for the postseason, I, I I can feel it. I, I really believe that. Yeah, it's, a, it's in my opinion, it's a resilient group. I mean, what you what you've seen, especially over the last week, and what you saw on the course of the of the first month of the season, you know, they, they get off to an zero and four start, and then they're five and ten, and then they end April and they're fifteen and thirteen, and then they start out May and they lose six in a row, and then this this last week, I mean, you see the resiliency. I mean, like you know, Wednesday, it's a one nothing game. They get into the ninth, they scratch out a run, they get into the tenth, and yeah. they find a way. Like, yeah, it wasn't ideal, you know, the error by by Bobuchet for them to win the game, but they won the game. Hey. That's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, no no one's gonna care. It's a two one win friday night they're, they're getting there's a perfect game being thrown against them in the sixth inning before jt hits the double off the wall and he's throwing out a third um, and then the next thing you know they win the game six three and they last night you know four nothing start four three up five four bryce hits a two-run shot you know like you see that it kind of reminds me of the days of old with with the phillies you know back in the glory years of 07 to, to 11 where that offense could be asleep for six or seven innings, and here come the crooked numbers. Yeah. And, and they and they figure out a way to, to get it done. The bullpen's really, you know, really gotten itself together. Um, I can't wait for Jose Alvarado to come back, you know, because it's just going to be that much better. Uh, but you know, uh, Hoffman pitched last night, and, yeah. and like he came out of the bullpen. And we're standing with a bunch of Phillies fans on the rooftop, and they're like, "Who's sixty eight? Who's sixty eight? And I'm like, 
that's Hoffman. That's Hoffman. He's pitching eighth in a big situation, a big spot. It's a one-run game, and he has a great spot right there for us, and the starting pitcher is getting itself together. Topper just is the head of the snake, and he, his calm, cool, collected, you know, mannerisms about him. Um, it, it, they, they follow his lead. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, we saw that last year, obviously, but Rob is is so even keel at all times, and uh, it it really does have an effect on the players because that's what they need. They need someone that just is going to sit back and trust that they're going to get the job done. And I think the players have obviously really responded to Rob over the last, you know, the, the, the second half of last season and in the early part of this uh, this particular season. Um, you know, there was early talk when they had gotten off to a slow start that uh, that maybe you know Rob had kind of lost the room you know i, I you hear things yeah like, yeah right like, i don't think so <laughs> i they, they love this guy and uh and he loves them and 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 i think it shows so uh it, it's hard to believe that we are a quarter of the way through the season already insane in a, in a lot of ways it really is but uh but then when you stop to think about how much more baseball still needs to be played before this thing is all settled um you know we've got we've got a long way to go the, the, the weather's just starting to turn warm and uh not here not here <laughs> not no. in denver no it's cold and cold and <laughs> wet here but uh but uh you know back at home and and, and elsewhere around baseball the summer's gonna start to heat up and uh, the balls are gonna start to fly and it's gonna be fun to watch pat texted me the other night he took a still shot of uh tom mccarthy and reuben and he's like is it really that cold there or are they just being you know like in the you could put you could put two or two together. I was like, it's pretty chilly here. The wind the wind was kicking uh, on on Friday night yeah. a little bit. I actually thought it was going to be worse on Friday night. You know, I brought a big heavy jacket with me, and because I had looked at the forecast coming out here, and and I've 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 learned the hard way when you don't uh, prepare for for some of these cold weather cities uh, early in the season. But but I actually thought. It could have been a lot worse, right? I mean, I guess it was in the high 40s when the game was was being played, um, and it was you know damp. It's it's been raining here forever, it seems like. But um, but all in all, you know, look, the Phillies have been out here when there's been snow and yes. it's snowed out, so um, it it hasn't been too too bad. Hopefully, we can get through today without uh, too much trouble as well. You know what we're going to do here? I, I want to bring up one more thing before we go to break. And when we come back, I know we were going to give our picks for Sunday. But I, with everything that was going on, I haven't had a shot to even like make picks. So why don't we do this? When we come back on the other side, after we talk about this next topic, let's talk a little bit about Coors Field. And let's tell people why they need to come out here to Denver. Because sure. it is, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful ballpark. And we're, you know, obviously, we're going to talk about our friends here at Jackson's Lodo. And there's a couple other things around the league that I want to get to as well. Because I've I've had it on the run sheet here the last couple of weeks. It's just, you know, with the Phillies going in the tank a little bit and now being hot a little bit, we really haven't had time to talk about it here on the show. Um, Phillies, Mets, next year are going to be playing in London. Yeah. How excited are you about that? Because I know Quimby is. He's already t- like talking to me about like, hey, can can you know we make sure that we figure out what the dates are, and I, I'll make sure I get the dates to him because they, uh, I believe they announced it yesterday. What days are going to be out there next year? Okay, I haven't seen the dates to be honest. With yeah, you. I think yeah. I, I think I saw it yesterday. Uh, but I'm I'm excited about this because I've never been to Europe, but you know my wife has always wanted to travel there, and this is a good opportunity for us to go out and kind of expand my horizon a little bit by going to another city, another country, another culture. Uh, but what's your thought on uh, going to London next year for a Phillies-Mets series? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think it makes complete sense. I actually thought the Phillies and Mets were going to play in London this year. Um, it just seemed to 
you know, before they made the announcement last season, it was Cardinals Cubs going out there. Uh, I thought the Phillies and the Mets were, were going to be the, the two teams. So uh, I'm not surprised that they announced that uh, it'll be those two teams. I mean, you think about uh, w- what that means, not only for Major League Baseball, but, you know, baseball has become very popular uh, over in uh, in England and in London. You know, um, our good friend uh, from UK Philly, David Shaw, uh, is uh, is obviously very excited about I saw his tweet. That, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> So I, I'm I'm really excited. You know, I have been to Europe uh, a couple of times. It's wonderful over there. I've never been to London though, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, in terms of the baseball, they they, they, they talk about having close to eighty thousand people in the ballpark uh, over there, which uh, for a three game series or a two game series uh, is it two or three. I don't need. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you, but yeah. like, do, do the Phillies lose a home game and the Mets lose a home game, or the Mets lose the, you know the home games? I don't know how any of that works. Um, I pr- honestly, I uh, haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. It's but, a year away. I mean, yeah. it's thirteen months yeah. away. You, you yeah. you've got things you've got to worry up. about now. I'll Google it and see what see what it is on say. the flight to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, but but you know, I think it's great for baseball. Um, you know, the international side of the the game. You know, all you had to do was watch the World Baseball Classic to understand this is not just the uh, America's national pastime anymore. This is a international game with uh, international players, players from all over the world, uh, playing at the the highest level. And so, to to get a chance to showcase our players, to get a chance to showcase Major League Baseball in a different country, I think it's outstanding, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So, absolutely. All right. Well, let's head the break here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gamblers is Bud Light Baseball Brunch. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to do Can You Believe It? We're going to talk about the week ahead for your fighting fills. We're going to talk about Coors Field and there's another expansion team possible in the state of Florida? Again, one here. Right here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. We'll be right back right after this. If you can wager on it, we're talking about it. It's The Gambler. Welcome back. Final segment here, 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. This is Bud Light Baseball Brunch with Chris Sack and Greg Murphy live from Jackson's Lodo in Denver, Colorado, as your Philadelphia Phillies look to sweep out, I guess I could say, your Colorado Rockies to the people that are here at Jackson's today. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Premier Window Cleaning, the leading window cleaning company in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. Family owned and operated with 30 years experience. They offer commercial residential window cleaning, pressure washing, parking garage cleaning, graffiti removal, post-construction cleaning. Every employee is trained, certified, and goes through an extensive background check. At Premier Window Cleaning, your satisfaction level needs to be 100% as no job is complete until you're happy. With clients like Chop Roberts to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, you cannot go wrong. For more information and a full list of their services, give them a call at 267-534-5198. That's 267-534-5198. Or go to their website, weheatdirtywindows.com. That's WeHateDirtyWindows.com. All right, final segment here. Let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about where we're at right now. We're in Denver, Colorado. We're at Jackson's Lodo right outside in the shadows of Coors Field. Yeah, you couldn't get much closer, to be honest. I, I'll tell you, I really, awesome. I really wanted to do our ballpark you know, analysis. So you, you've been to every single one. Texas was the last one that you had to do, right? And then you got to do that uh, opening weekend this season. And, um, you know, for me, this is ball, active ballpark number 20, number 23 overall. That's good. So I'm two-thirds of the way through 
my my life's bucket list. Um, you know, getting to all the Major League Baseball parks is is something like you know, obviously, you know. You know, I'm 37. I, I, I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father. I want to be all those things. I'm going to be a great radio host alongside you while we do this show. Uh, but to me, getting to all of them is like my crowning achievement in life. Uh, well. Like saying that I've been to all of them. No, like as a diehard baseball fan, it, to, yeah. to, it, they're like cathedrals. You know, there's there's special qualities to all of them. You know, like you don't get that in baseball or in, uh, in hockey and basketball unless it's Madison Square Garden. Um, you don't get that in football unless it's Lambeau Field. I mean, like, football yeah, stadiums and, and hockey arenas, basketball arenas, they don't have special qualities to them like baseball ballparks do. And uh, I'll tell you what, this ballpark here, gorgeous. It's beautiful. I wish we would have had more sight lines last night as far as, like, you know, seeing the mountains over out there in left field. Ballpark is huge. The outfield is cavernous. I mean, there's so much going on out there. Uh, you want athletic outfielders to be out there trying to, to catch the ball and pick it. Uh, but the sight lines are phenomenal here. It's just uh, just a great ballpark, a great location, and uh, we've had a great time here this weekend. Obviously better because the Phillies have won their first series in Colorado for that the helps. first time in 11 years. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you talk a little bit about them, Murph? Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I think um, uh, Coors Field is definitely one of – it's a top-10 ballpark in baseball for sure. Uh, it made even more special because it's in the heart of the city, you know, in this lower downtown area. It, it you know, it kind of just pops up. You walk around the corner, and all of a sudden, there's Coors Field. And then inside, to your point, if you go up uh, to the the mile high mark, at the five two eight zero line that's up in the the, the yeah, upper the purple section. seats. Yeah, you can you can look one way and see the Rocky Mountains. You look the other way, you see the Denver skyline. It really is. Uh, they did a great job when they when they built this ballpark. Uh, I. I can't, you know, and I, it happens every time we come here, and I've been coming here for a long time, but I, it's remarkable how many Phillies fans are in the ballpark when the Phillies come and play Colorado. Last night, I think you could make an argument, it was about half Philadelphia Phillies fans. You Felt know, that way. It, yeah. it, it certainly sounded that way, uh, but you look around, you know, looking down, and you see a sea of red behind the Phillies dugout. I mean, there are, you know, thousands of Phillies fans make... I don't know if they're, um, you know, if they're folks that live out here, transplants or that, that, that that have come out just to, like yourself to, to see the ballpark. It's probably a mix of, of the two, but um, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me just how many Phillies fans are here. And to your point, if you haven't been here and you are a person that that enjoys going to see different ballparks, put this one on your list because it is one of the better ones. We were with uh, last night because we were we were in the rooftop section, so it's like a big party area here. They used to have seats that ran up in that level that would go all the way up, and they had the purple seats that went through there as well. Really cool spot, standing room spots up there. Uh, you know, Friday night we were we were three rows behind the Phillies dugout, and uh, you know I wanted to get a couple different vantage points here at the ballpark instead of doing the same thing uh, over and over. Um, but we're we're hanging out up there last night in the later innings with uh, two guys, Todd and Ryan. Uh, Ryan, both of them are from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, Ryan lives in Southern California, and Todd lives in Arizona. And uh, both of them were gambling throughout the course of it. And uh, Bryce Harper came up to the plate, and he put $50 down on Bryce Harper to hit a home run in that live at bat, and he hit for $750. It was like, that's fun. There was a little extra juice when uh, when he hit that ball out. We were, we were celebrating with them, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun, man. We, we had such a, such a great time uh, out there. And, and today you get Aaron Nola on the hill. Um, going for the brooms. When was the last time the Phillies have swept the series in Colorado? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I guess I should figure that out before I Jeez. do the pregame show. But, uh, you know, you mentioned 
they hadn't won a series out here since 2000. 2012. 2012. Yeah. 2012. I just started uh, dating my wife. Yeah, winning pitchers in that series, <laughs> uh, Cole Hamels and Vance Worley. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were the two uh, two game, uh, two wins in that series. Cliff Lee lost a game in that series, so that's uh, that's how that played out. But, uh, yeah, it's it been must have been early in the season because Cliff didn't have his first win until 4th of July that season. Yeah, well, there you go. So maybe no, no, he lost. lost. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, it, uh, it's been good to see. Phillies are going for their sixth win in a row today, and uh, that would be a season high in terms of win streaks as well, which is great. I mean, it's coming off the heels of a six-game losing streak, so you're kind of <laughs> right. you're kind of breaking even, but um, you know what? You, you, that's okay. You need to do that, and hopefully they can uh, win today, and you know we'll hop on the plane, head uh, a little bit further west, go out to San Francisco, and, and uh, hopefully play well out there against Gabe Kapler's squad, too. So... Um, you know, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's always fun when the team's winning, and, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of that lately. So let's, let's keep it up. Happy flight, right? I mean, that's what they call it. Like, Absolutely. You, you want to make sure that you have a happy flight going to your next destination. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And, and it will be a happy one if they win today. You know, it's a short flight, uh, which is always always a good thing. Um, and uh, if if they're riding a six game win streak, yeah, I, I would imagine the music will be, will be pumping and uh, people will be. Uh, up and down the aisles and uh, and enjoying themselves. So um, it's it's always better when you win when you're getting on that plane for sure. Uh, can you believe it? Before we go to can you believe it? Don't hit the don't hit the sounder slash. <laughs> I, I'm teasing here because I know with Murph he asked me uh, during our break. He's like, wait a minute, another another expansion franchise in the state of Florida. So expansion is a the thing. They're looking to go from 30 teams to 32 here in Major League Baseball. Uh, so it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So you're hearing like Portland and and, and Nashville. Well, rumor has it that a group led by former NBA executive Pat Williams is proposing to bring an MLB team and a $1.7 billion ballpark in Orlando. Now, the ballpark looks pretty cool. If you see the renderings of it, it looks awesome. Tentative name is the Dreamers. First of all, does Florida even need another baseball team with the attendance issues in Tampa and Miami? Second, could there be a worse name than the Dreamers? Yeah, that's a that's a bad name. Yes, uh, I love Pat Williams. I've known him for a long, long time. Um, he used to come on our shows uh, uh, often when when he was around in Philadelphia, and you know he's a he's a guy that uh, can certainly get things done. You know he he's he is a guy that can get things done. Does Major League Baseball need another Florida team? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I think there are better options. In terms of expansion, when you when you think about it, I mean, obviously Vegas is is uh, now in play. They're gonna they're gonna be part of Major League Baseball, but I still think Nashville is is another one of those cities that uh, deserves a look. And and you know, a lot of people think uh, out in the in the Great Northwest, some you know, Portland or, or somewhere along those lines uh, should get a team as well. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think we need a team in Orlando. I wish Pat the best. Pat Williams the best in their in their uh, attempts to get another team, but I'd be surprised if that's where it ended up. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Two things we found interesting from this past week in Major League Baseball. Murph, give me your first one. All right. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, 
it, just when you think everything's going right, uh, things start to go wrong again. But for the Marlins, they were 12-0 and uh, in one-run games to start the season in 2023. Wow. It was the most games, uh, one-run wins to start a season since the Mets did uh, 12 in 1972, right? Uh, and then as soon as they hit 12, the next night, they lost six five, <laughs> so they're now twelve and one in one run games. But uh, pretty good for the Marlins uh, in terms of winning the close ones. You know, at the end of the season, you look back and if you win a lot of one run games, you're probably going to have a, a pretty good record when it's all said and done. Marlins have been surprising; they've been pretty good so far this year. Yes, they have. Uh, my first one is courtesy of MLB Stats. Zach Granke joined an exclusive club of MLB pitchers to strike out a thousand different hitters. So right now, he's number five, wow. and he's active. Four, Roger Clemens, 1,022. Greg Maddox is three with 1,049. Randy Johnson, 1,123. And right above him, Nolan Ryan, 1,182. That's uh, that's pretty good company, if you ask me, man. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Um, it, think about that. A thousand different hitters, and you've struck them out. That's a good one. book. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. All right, next for me, uh, this is uh, courtesy of Sarah Lang's uh, Casey Schmidt uh, from uh, the Giants. Eight, his eight hits are tied for the most hits in a Giant, for a Giants player's first three career games since 1959, Willie McCovey. He tied wow. Willie McCovey. Uh, Casey Schmidt, who, right? I mean, yeah. you know, who, who knows who Casey Schmidt is? He starts his career, gets eight hits in his first three games, and he puts himself on a list with Willie McCovey. That's a pretty good way to start. So someday they're going to rename McCovey Cove Schmidt yeah, Cove. Schmidt Cove. Schmidt Cove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it works out. Yeah. I also have a Sarah Langs one here, too. Most starts of seven-plus innings pitched with two or fewer hits allowed since 1900. So Justin Verlander tied two guys. Again, uh, that, I think they were on the other list. Um, 33. Of those starts with Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens. You know what makes this list special? Is the guy who's number one who's is, is at 62, Nolan Ryan. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 29 right. more than that. He was, he was pretty good. He was pretty Ryan. good, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the week ahead. Today's finale, we look to break out the brooms against the Colorado Rockies at Coors Field uh, this afternoon with Aaron Nola on the mound. Then we head to San Francisco for three. Then we have another day off on Thursday after two last week. And then uh, we come home, we face the Cubs next weekend. Make sure you guys join us at Xfinity Live for our show next Sunday. Murph, what do you think about this week coming up? Well, you know, I think it's a chance for the Phillies to kind of, you know, make some hay right now. I mean, the, the teams that they're playing, you know, the Giants are okay. They're a decent team, but, but certainly there for the taking. And then you come home and you play a couple of the weaker teams, uh, you know, in Major League Baseball. They're coming off a stretch where, you know, we saw the Dodgers and then we saw uh, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Red Sox. And that was a pretty tough stretch. And the Bills didn't fare as well as they probably would have hoped. So now you got to take advantage of the teams that, that you feel like, you should be beating on a regular basis and I think that's an opportunity uh, for the Phils when, when they get back home to do that as well after the playing the Giants and then it's off to start the NLE schedule right you know the next road trip is a long one and it's the Mets and it's the Braves and it's the Nationals so you want to be playing some good baseball when you hit those when you hit those teams can we get up to Schneid and uh, get some retribution for last season against the Cubs next weekend because uh, we didn't beat them at all last year so, yeah, you think that's on the team's mind at all? Like, you know, maybe after they get through with the series in, in San Francisco, that that they think, hey, listen, this team handled us last year, and they've gotten better. Cody Bellinger's playing playing well. Dansby Swanson is obviously there now. Uh, 
maybe we can get a little bit of uh, some momentum, carry the momentum a little bit more next weekend. You know, I, I don't necessarily know if that's on the team's mind. Um, you know, th- these guys really are just focused on the that here and now. Game. They, re- they really are. You know, it's it, it's fun for us to talk about things like that when you know in terms of the media and and whatnot. But uh, for for those guys, they're only worried about that particular night and and the pitcher that's on the mound or or the uh, the lineup that they're going to be facing. Um, so yeah, you know, again, fun for us to get a little bit of revenge, but for for the team itself. It's just going out and trying to get a win each and every night. Awesome. Sounds great. Um, again, we are doing this broadcast live from Jackson's Lodo in Denver, Colorado. We'd like to thank them for our for their hospitality uh, this morning and going into this afternoon as the Phillies look to break out the brooms against the Colorado Rockies. Make sure you guys tip your, your bartenders and your servers. Uh, they've done a great job these last three days with us being here, all of us Phillies fans coming here to Jackson's Lodo. And if you guys ever come out here, make sure you... you, you Get yourself over here for anything. Uh, sports, TVs, they have everything here. Make sure you guys come and hang out um, with our good friends here at Jackson's Lodo. For Philly's broadcaster and my partner, Greg Murphy, for Kyle slash the Gobbler, Nunamaker, back in our iHeart Radio studios in Ballot Kimwood, and for Quimby for joining us to give us some help with some of our technical issues. I'm Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio. And like a 3-1 pitch to Ryan Howard, we are out of here. Let's go, Phillies. And I guess you could say let's go Sixers this afternoon.